I hope you suffer until you accept Christ. (laughs) And that's how you know you've arrived. So welcome to Realm of Fire. If you've not come to this podcast before, we talk about wargaming and shit in an irreverent style. Uh, I'm Chris, and I've got a uh, guest with me today uh, and friend, um, for a long-term friend who's been been there in the hobby for a while, uh, Mr. Tommy Sewell. Hello, Tommy. Hello. Hello. So um, you paint shit really well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a way of opening. Um, yeah, and I, I like that. I like that. That's that's no old bad. But no, I think that's not enough. Actually, I don't think it's that. I think it's you paint shit well, and also you can explain what you're doing quite well. Because I read, I finally sat down the other day and read your book. Wow, thank you. And I went through it. I was like, I was like, yeah, I need to get around to doing this because, like, you know, I've been on and off like painting shit and writing stuff and stuff. You know, I've had my new job and everything recently, and finishing the house and gaming, right? And I was like, okay, let's. I'm going to get Tommy on. Let's look at the book. Let's go through it. And I was like, and you're right. Your book is like your book is a how-to book. It is literally a, this is how you do it. And I'm going to talk to you about how you paint stuff in a way in a in a in a manner that doesn't use impenetrable jargon. Like, I loved it when you went, what the fuck is feathering? No, what's, the, no one knows what feathering is. And I'm going to show you what they mean by that, by using terms that are understandable. And, and then I learned through your book, I couldn't believe it. I was like, why the fuck didn't I know this sooner? Poly cement glues static grass to bases. Bases and paint are plastic. Static grass is... Well, fucking nylon. It's plastic. So it's plastic to plastic. How the fuck did I know that? I was like, you fucking idiot. So it's already already been useful. It's already been useful. And it just reconfirms a lot of stuff I do. But it's that internal knowledge turned into words. And that's what you've done really well. Thank you. You know what? I didn't think we were going to talk about the book at all, you know. So, But you've made me sit up now. I I just had to say it because I sat down. I was like, I should fucking read it finally. (laughs) You know what? It's, do you know, yeah, thank you. Thank you for reading it. That's that's the big one. Are, are, have you finished it? Or? Um, I've got some other bits to read, mainly on the advanced bits, because I think because, I think because I know who you are, and I know yeah. how, and I've, I've both, you've taught, you, you've shown me how to paint certain things, and I've also observed you teaching people how to paint. So immediately when reading it, I had it, had in my head your voice. So my reading of it allowed me to sort of skim read a bit, but 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 that allowed me to pick out the meaningful details, like when you say color, location, consistency, or like neat or and lines. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's all keyworded. I fucking get this. It's like it is this is keyworded. It is rule book. Mate, I'm glad you noticed. I'm glad yeah. you noticed. I'm glad you use the word keyword as well. In that, you know, if you had a look at the last two pages. Um, pfft, no, grab, I was mostly looking at the grab pretty the book thing. And have a look at the last two pages. Now you've not. I've got it on me upstairs. What, uh, oh, I can't right, okay. So yeah, you, you've called it a rule book and you've called it a, a how-to book, and there's a lot to unpack in what you've said because um, you're right. It's probably the only how-to book. Dare, dare I blow my own trumpet? You, you can know? play your own fucking trumpet. I blow mine all the time. 
Well, <laughs> bend that way. Right. So, <laughs> so the, the, the reason I say it's the only how-to book is like every other guide and every other like video out there, they, they don't really show you how to paint. What they do is they show you how they get colors onto their model. Yeah. The, that's not the same as explaining how that happens. Yeah. You see what I mean? And you use feathering you as an example of that. You know, you might see two or three different types of feathering from two or three different types of answers with zero amount of explanation on what that is. Only the yeah. assumption that I've said feathering, so you know what it is. Well, yeah. well no. <laughs> no, 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 you don't know what feathering is. You know, so you, you as a student, a painter who wants to get better at painting, you're left in the dark guessing, you know, yeah. or even worse, assuming you know what feathering is. Yeah, I think the closest, oh. I think, I think the closest your kind of style of explaining things and like to literally describing the like the the, the, physi the physics of how brushes work and thus how yeah. a brush picks up paint and delivers it onto a surface. I guess the only um, the only equivalent I can think of, and I've watched the vi I've watched videos of, is Byron uh, for Artis Opus explaining like the his dry brushes and about again there's a there's a mechanics to how you get the paint load the paint onto those dry brushes and apply them yeah yeah and that's great and you're right no no fucker else does anything like that no well this is the thing like like byron's been on my courses years ago when he was first starting out uh -huh. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, and now the things fall together yes okay cool so while, while, and while i can't take any credit for uh byron's skill and effort in the industry you know he, he does he credits my base coating method in one of his videos um that he uses his, with his dry brushes um and i was very grateful that he actually did that you know, because there is a couple of people out there, a couple of my students out there that are kind of sharing this information in, in their way. And I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful. Yet yeah. sometimes I'm, I'm, there was one instance this year I was actually very suspicious. So I was like, <laughs> on the release day of my book, pre, or rather in the release week, like the proximity, I can't remember yeah. exactly, proximity, a video was released of almost the exact exercise in my book of how <laughs> to do whatever it was and i was like is this fucker literally just read me book and then done a video on it and shared it as if it says now the thing is right only i teach this way yeah and that's how i know like it's not like oh some other guys figured it out no o only i teach this way and only i use these words and only i use these rationales and i know there's a lot of other students out there that have either had lessons with me or read the book and blah 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 but i'm i'm so well experienced when talking to people because of teaching so many people like hundreds and yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands of people like a mad yeah. amount of people yeah like i've never met any student regardless of how good be able to come back to me and recite me on material back to me in a way mm. that i think you know what he's actually got that in its complexity in its complete complexity so so when when i see other other, other things popping up i'm like Nah, no, no. There's, there's no way that this that that somebody else has got it the same way as me. The the chances are a, a zero. And anyway, this is not like some weird teaching elitism. This is, I suppose, this is me just saying that of the people 
that have this material and internalize it because the, the way I've written the book is so fact based and physics based instead of opinion and jargon based. It's very hard to unlearn it. Yeah. Because it is what it is. Yeah. It, it's not my style. I don't teach people my style. I teach people one plus one equals two. And well, it just is what it is. That's the great thing. I was like looking at it, going like, because I'm, I'm like, I was reading it, going like, you know, I, I know I can paint to a certain level. I know I can paint to a certain level better if I really put time into it and gave a shit of what I'm doing. Because you know, I, but I was looking at your method, the what you laid out. And I was like, yeah, because if you can do that and you can repeat it, because the other thing that popped into my head when I was looking at it's like, you know, I, I know why this is written this way as well. It's not just, it's not just about how you get the fucking paint onto that miniature in a nice, neat, consistent manner. And it's yeah. the fundamental. It's also so that you keep doing it this way, you yeah. get the muscle memory. And once you've got the muscle yeah. memory, you can fuck around and be like, right, okay, I need to crack out like 20 Rise of Rohan for games day because we've been yeah. there. We've been we there. Been and that's there. painful. Um, <laughs> that was not... Oh, fuck that. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, no, it's a great book. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm keen to see where you go next with that stuff. Like, um like because i because i because i think there is mostly interest in how you get from that i'm sure people got interested in how you get from that to your to your style and i personally don't think i i think about when you say style i, I think about my meanings i go like do i have a fucking style i don't know right now i don't know whether because sometimes i ch i think it mostly changes a bit because i'm i currently sleeved all my kingdom death um cards for the gambler's chest expansion so i'm finally like all the cards are done. The game is ready. Let's start building Kingdom Death Advanced Edition. Let's and it's like I don't know how I'm going to approach painting some of the stuff, but I know my style for Kingdom Death is different to say painting some GW's things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I don't know whether that's just because sometimes I don't. Know, does that happen with you? Like m miniature manufacturers have a different vibe, and that vibe immediately like sings out to you, and you're like. Yeah, of course it does. Like, for example, let, let's look at Kingdom Death. What's the colour scheme for Kingdom Death? Well, there isn't one. Yeah. So immediately, three, you, you go into 40k, well, what's the colour scheme for 40k? It's blue for Ultramarine, it's green for Orcs, it's yellow for and it's... Do you see what I mean? Mm. You, you're already... And even if you try and escape those things, let's say you do... Um, right, well, I'm going to do a different Orc clan, well, the skin's still green. Or I'm going to do a different Chaos thing, well, there's always spikes. See what yeah. I mean? There's always an archetype of some description attached to any of these other things within something like something well established, whereas Kingdom yeah. Death is absolutely artistic and free. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really curious. I was also the other thing because um, I mean it's the other thing, other game you know miniature line which is still close to my heart, and I'm like I need to play crack out the miniatures and play the um, the minis board game for it is um, is Rackham, and I really like you pointed out the blood angels model uh way back when as the as like what's is that possibly the first non-metallic metal i think mini? deliberate yeah. deliberate one yeah 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 and i was like i i hadn't thought about that but i remember i know that yeah. model and it's like from i don't know was it like sometime around second it was second edition was it in second edition so it was it was it was painted before second edition it was part of right part of yeah okay um, but not too long before. And um, Tim Proud painted it. I think it was around about 1992. Um, 
I could probably grab the white dwarf we could go on for hours I know um cool uh, so what's got you I mean because this is this is meant to be an irreverent podcast about gaming and, and minis and painting and um and just laying the the smackdown on chuds and everyone because you know everyone enjoys the hobby in their own way chuds you know gatekeeper chuds were like yeah 40k is the most is the proper way of like how you run a government it's like yeah there are people well, that. yeah no, guys. do you know what i got called a gatekeeper this really? year yeah and i was actually trying to help this person this person would uh, um give me some advice and i thought to myself um right let's i'm feeling a vibe about this person that they really need help and i'm just going to tr- treat them as any one of my students any one of my paying students i'm actually going to help them so yeah. i started asking them and th- i think this is maybe my mistake i started asking them guiding and leading questions right, right yeah. the problem is is they didn't realize that now because yeah. they're asking me questions and i'm responding with guiding and leading questions as i would with any of my students yeah because yeah Jimmy students to think for themselves is more valuable than me giving them the answers because they can yeah. take that away and run with it then. Yeah. Whereas this person thought I was hiding and deflecting and I was just like, no, 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 I'm genuinely not. I'm trying to help you here. But the guy persisted and uh, gatekeeped, blocked me, unfollowed me and all that. Really, wow. really. Well, I mean, like, whatever, man. I'm, I'm, I, it's strange because i had a bit of a uh like self-reflective dialogue with myself about it like i was an internal monologue i don't know whatever you want to call it right so i um i'm sat there going like have i read this person wrong and hurt this person without realizing it or is this person just a knob or blah 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 and that that really is just how much i actually care about teaching people (laughs) yeah no no no, i know the same i get the same feeling like when um this let's be honest this normally happens when it's it's related to like family when when family asks you how do you do this can you show me how to do this especially when it's elder generations sorting out the computer i go from my kind of like my 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 voice you hear on the radio talking about role play games or, or goblins to like into my teacher mode of like i need you to do this that what do you see now can you see this screen Tell me what is in the right-hand corner of the screen. Yeah, because I'm being very yeah. clear to the point, and I'm, and it's like they, their response is, like, "Well, I've got to." It's like I didn't ask you that. Tell me what you can see in the right-hand corner of the screen, because if I, if you tell me exactly what I need to know, then I know where you are, and I can tell you the next thing to do to fix your problem. Yeah, yeah. If you respond negatively to that, then yes. the fuck, I'm <laughs> gonna help you anymore. <laughs> And that, I think it's the same thing, but you did it in text format <laughs> with someone. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, I, I've um, I've had that exact experience with Kelly, my lady, who uh, we have only just come this this year. We actually broke the barrier that that Kel responds well to my teacher voice now and yeah. realizes that anything that I'm doing and any manners and and not about me being harsh and punchy. It's about being clear and direct yeah, to get yeah. them where they need to go. And it's all about them, you know, and it's all, all for a student's benefit. And and now she's clicked with that. Like, well, I, I, it's a pleasure to teach her now. It used to be argumentative, you know. It, I mean, sounds, it's just a pleasure. Sounds like, 
it's it's so important to like sometimes the way you're asking things it's not about it's not about conflict it's just like i just need you to tell me precisely this one thing and then i know how to tell you the next thing to do or your options and it's like and i've had that and it's it's interesting once you also if you've got the and i'm sure you're because because of your mentality of things like also like i don't want an argument like like yeah diffuse it's not about arguing i just need to know this thing and then we can move on and get and it it works it works that's why i don't have arguments about like getting stuff done in the house it's because you know especially when you're doing up a house there's a lot to get done um anyway less about couples therapy <laughs> oh, man. painting is therapy believe it or not painting is psychology. Is. that's 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 the bit to realize but yeah crack on crack on oh right so let's be more excited about things like uh I've seen your tables, your table, your pictures of your tables for your gaming tables looking fucking fantastic for old world stuff. Uh, cheers, dude. It's believe it or not, that table was born out of Age of Sigma. Yeah. Um, the the initial chat was about doing an Age of Sigma um, narrative um, in Shayish, yeah. somewhere, some somewhere sandboxy where we can just do what the fuck we want but somewhere also close enough to somewhere to actually um bring a lot of relevance in with some of the other um narrative elements of age of sigma like for example curse city you yeah, know so yeah, yeah. we've got this random little crossroad somewhere outside Ulfenkarn, um where night aunts are doing some fucking shit and there's some um i elf dudes whatever they call luminef guys they're doing some shit and there might be some vampires doing some shit, and there might be some cities of Sigma from Wolfenkarn doing some shit. Yeah, and it all like meshes together. But one part of the brief I gave myself was, if there was no buildings on this board, could it be an old Hammer um, locale? Could it be an old world locale? And the answer had to be, it has to be, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. You know, so. Um, that's why it looks convincingly old hammery plus the old hammer buildings i put on it and voila you have yourself uh yeah the old world some random place wherever it is um yeah bangalore to scaven on it in square blocks and yeah pretty good looking game i'm like highly jealous of of that entire terrain collection i think the only thing i've got like that's proper like feels really like old hammery is the um the war scry citadel yeah, oh, the big... on, yeah. Uh, yeah i i paid like 130 quid for it when i got it on ebay uh, a couple of years back yeah. but the reason that's i got it is just because it looks um if you've got if it it's it fits in quite nicely with the original war cry terrain so it's just like you know very castle gray skull in war cry i was like yeah it, oh, it sounds yeah. like the same plastic Castle Grey School was made out of an all because we had one when we were kids. Yeah, because yeah, because it was it's cast. It was produced in China, wasn't it? Those kits, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean the your collection of old old world terrains is like absolutely rad. So you must be like, you know, you must be pretty fucking excited to do some. Are you excited to do a new old world army, or have uh, you done no, the old I, world army? I have to finish one though, aren't I? I've just finished. The uh, three thousand points gave, aren't they? Oh well, so, yeah, yeah, okay. So you're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game. Oh, big time! I, I busted my ass to get that army done. Not not by a deadline, but because I was giddy as fuck to to actually do it. You know, I was excited to do it. And believe it or not, my idea of the old world isn't the new old world. It's it's Carl Francian. 
it's a Francian old world. It's yeah. the one I still live in, and I think I always will do. You know, um, but we'll see. I've not. We'll, we'll see how the fluff appeals to me in the new old in, in the new old world because I um, I'm I'm very narrative driven. I'm very I'm very um, not necessarily law driven, but I'm driven by good writers. I'm yeah. gonna I'll, I'll say it like that because I, I, the success of the old world as it is coming up now to me depends on good writing not yeah. any writing good writing for example the horus heresy had some good writing and some awful writing you know and that that to me it doesn't do the horus heresy enough justice in my opinion all right now when i think about what writers are going to be now available for the old world i'm going to guess dan abner isn't going to be one of them so to me we're already starting off potentially a little bit weak, right? Yeah. Now, I don't think Dan Abnett necessarily wrote this. His, his strongest work wasn't necessarily um, Warhammer-based, or some might say um, Darkblade, um, but I actually haven't read them yet, so I can't offer an opinion. Um, but, it's... yeah, the, the quality of writing... So, sorry, Chris. Like, to me, like, the death of the old world, or, or rather the financial business side death of Warhammer Fantasy Battle 15, 20 years ago or whatever it was, yeah. to me, was caused by poor writing. The stories weren't that good and the fluff of the universe got cheese shitty in that nothing was mundane anymore. Honestly, I mean, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Right the camera, right? Like, you know, the, 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 the random working guy he got up out of his magic bed, put on his fucking enchanted socks. He went outside, took his mystical <laughs> fucking clothes off his magical fairy-driven washing line. He went to his wall of a thousand skulls. He opened the gate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, and I know what you mean. It, it was fucking dumb. It was it's poor and dumb. It's, it's the difference between, uh, and this is something we keep going on about in the Dark Hammer episodes about, like, um, about how you portray the Warhammer world in the roleplay game, because in the role play game, you have to kind of when you've got people that are like really familiar with the war game, you've got to be like, yeah, but when you sit down and you play battles between your armies, those are very short periods of time amongst yeah. a lot of boring bollocks, which is farmers in fields, tax collectors, and rat catching, right? Do you know what I describe them as? I describe them as the white silk ready to have blood spilled on them. Yeah, 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 right. And that's so much more exciting. And as you said, it's like it, it all got too much like, I think towards, you know, I, I guess as they kept up in the ante in the old world, it's like, where, where the fuck, how are the fucking ordinary people dealing with like world changing events happening almost on a weekly basis? Um, but I think that's just kind of part and parcel of like how they painted themselves into a corner with the Warhammer world and they didn't know where yeah. to go past that apocalyptic event because i think there's different ways you could have gone like they could have done a sort of a reboot where you go into a more like well what happens to the warhammer world once it survived the apocalypse sort of like what happens yeah. to the remnant of that does it become does it evolve and is it now more like a bit more napoleonic in the era like has the technology moved on but it's still got those fantasy elements but you know we've got age of sigma which i i love i love what it is because that is still an apocalyptic hellscape but with a bit more hope in it so i think what's exciting about old world and i still keep thinking i'm umming and ahhing about armies right now is like i looked at tomb kings i, I 
I got Team Kings when they first came out. You know, we got the original boxed army come out in like 2004. I think we were in, yeah, yeah. in the shops. And there was still one on the shelf in Ultron. And I was like, to my boss, like, it's not gone. It's been there for two weeks, man. I want it for half price. I want it for my staff discount. And I got it. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a fucking fun army. I'm like thinking, if I could get hold of a box, it's at least fucking quick to paint in this day and age. Like, in this day and age, Jesus Christ. That's going to be time. fun. And it's just, it's got a total vibe, like hordes of skeletons, the mummy, you know, all that stuff. But then I'm also thinking like a Chaos Army, because I did a Chaos Nurgle Army, would be fun. Um, and it'd be very few minutes to paint. And that's a that's a cool vibe. And it's quite funny because Duncan Rhodes showed on um, his Instagram the old original Chaos Warrior, that uh, classic Chaos Warriors that he painted up recently. You know, the hunched fuckers that never ranked. I was oh, just like... Awful fucking minis, but like the day ones. yeah, the really hunched over heads, like yeah, literally coming, coming yeah, out yeah, of there, yeah. bizarre, like just awful. And then, um, but the other thing I'm thinking of with old world because of when it's set is like, do I just do an empire army? Because empire versus empire is totally valid in this setting because it's the time of three emperors, it's before Magnus the Pious. And so, what you were talking about, narrative, I'm just like, have at it. Well, yeah, have at it. I mean, that's the thing. You have have at it with whatever ignites your fucking passions, isn't it? That's that's the way it is. Like, in fact, let, let me just uh, scooch back to the beginning of what you were saying before about like wh- where does the old world go from where they had it fifteen years yeah. ago, or whenever it was. And do you know what? Right, I get it. It it it, it has to kind of go somewhere. Whether it be the old world still exists, but it's not the same place because of some cataclysm, blah, 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 or whatever it is. The old world has to change very much like 40k over the last 20 years has changed massively as a as a narrative. And, do you know, I think I used to look at that all that as a curse. And right now with 40k, I still kind of do. But I realized a couple of days, maybe, yeah, a couple of days ago, maybe it was a little bit more, maybe it was weeks, that in leaving us with these old editions and old time periods now no longer untampered with what they've done is they've give us this they've, they've let us keep those as sandboxes to play in and, and yeah. games workshop's intention with creating age of sigma and the realms in the way they kind of infinitely recycle and they're both infinitely kind of sized as well is they wanted sandboxes to play in as they did the old world with the border princes they wanted sandboxes yeah. to play in and they said Warhammer Fantasy wasn't really a sandbox to play in. But in doing what they've done, they've now made it a sandbox. The, the, you know, yeah. the timeline is now static. The historical, do, yeah, we... yeah, it's historical gaming where each his, each era is a, is a sandbox because guess what? They're not that well detailed. And that's correct, the, the fun correct, of it. Correct. There's so much space, whether it be time-wise or land-wise, in the original world that, you know, now we can do what we want. You know, mm. in our own time, in our own way, in whatever painting style suits, you know, whether it be the old mm. hammer style, the mid hammer style, the new hammer style, whatever the fuck you want, you know. And it's become a really beautiful and vibrant, like, community now, you know. So if you want to do um, Blanchitsu style, I don't know if you know Clotty from Instagram. You know, he's got a real darkness to his uh, first, second, third edition Warhammer um projects they're just fantastic you know and they're completely different to um let's say whiskey and wizards who's doing you know bright blue goblin green based uh lizard <laughs> yeah, right you know to me who who is i'm like a uh 
I don't know what school you would call it. Um, let's say sixth, seventh, seventh ed style. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sixth, seventh ed style painter. Can I do it a bit more modern? Yeah. Can I do it a bit older? Yeah. But my 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 default is that point where I was more prolific as a professional painter for Games Workshop, blah, blah, blah. And that, that sticks with me. And when you look at me scaving army, that's what you'll see. Mm. You know, at least I think anyway. <laughs> You yeah, know? and and yeah, it's, it, that 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 idea now is we have all these sandboxes to play in is is the one one good thing that has uh, come out of all this upheaval. I call it. I'm calling so it old world. Now. Old world then is exciting game opportunities then and mini I don't opportunities. Know. I, see, this is the thing. I mean, what is what is the old world? Well, the old world is a narrative. You know, Warhammer the old world is a new narrative. The the game they've they've produced isn't. Warmer the old world. The game is just another version of Warmer with some rule tweaks. And it'll yeah. Warmer to me, whether it be 40k or fantasy battle, will always be the same. It'll be move your guys. Are you gonna move them fast? Are you gonna move them fast into a fight? There yeah. you go, there's your options. Oh, you know, the meta's the same. Roll away, roll ruined. Do they survive? There's combat and shooting. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, the same, it's the same fucking game. Like I I, I could get an old Hammer army and use these new old world rules. I can use, I can paint a new old hammer, a new old world army, and use four fed rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's the narrative well, it's, that inspires people. Even well, tournament that's what, no. that's what Mike's been doing because he's been, um, Mike, who, we put, who also hosts um, every so often on this one as well, he's been playing. Um, third edition 40k with obviously modern armies and stuff because you know the fact is you can now just have you know you can easily just get a whole shitload of sister battle now and play second edition 40k sister battle which is you know what i think that's a good idea i've been played 10th edition tonight fucking hate it i've not even played 10th yet i'm still not playing it it just I haven't played ninth. i couldn't even look at a rule book i looked at the ninth edition eldar codex right yeah. And I couldn't it was just a mess of so much shit. And then like tenth edition, they've moved everything around for no sensible reason. Like the game yeah. play, still plays the same, but instead of looking at your stat line and seeing what you see, you're at, you, your eye now has to bounce between three and four different locations just to see all the uh, stats. Pitting yeah. me off, man. You know, maybe I'm just not used to it because there's a habit already formed, and I assume because that habit is well trained within me that that way must be the best way. Maybe, you know. Well, but, uh, you think but that? No but... fucking point in changing it, man. It was, it was a, it was, yeah. You think that? Like, you think that? But it's interesting because, like, obviously, I've I've had a look at like the screenshots and video unboxings people have done of like old of old world. I'm like. You look at it, and you look at, and you look at like what, all the descriptions of the, how the game works. And it's just like, yeah, I get it. But then I've internalized Warhammer editions X Y Z that I'm like, I get Warhammer Fantasy no matter which edition, generally because they don't change. They haven't changed too much between them. No, I and think it's a big fucking chip. If I'm honest, I don't think they make improvements. What I do think is they make changes, and I think that is deliberate. Yeah. If they made improvements and made a perfect game, which I reckon they could do, and you'll get a bunch of people going, oh, yeah, but as new things come out, things get imbalanced and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, your uh, opponent is a cunt if he takes advantage. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Right. But, but the other thing is out. with new rule systems, it's like 
with 40k because uh, i'm still trying to work out what is it with 10th and and this is something that mike and i've got this theory that uh 10th edition and modern 40k is like playing a card game in the sense that everything is everything almost everything is an exception to the core rules so it isn't yeah. just what you see on the profile it isn't just what you see in the profile and what you've read in the core rules it's this and then this and then this and right. then this oh, and then then this it was pissing me off it, that's exactly <laughs> what I've experienced it tonight. It was pissing me off. Yeah, it's just, it's eighth edition fantasy syndrome. In fact, weirdly, yeah. syndrome. If everything is super, no one is super. If you get that reference, um, comment <laughs> yeah. below. Right, but but the point is, is yeah, everything. Nothing is mundane anymore. Nothing is simple. And allegedly, tenth edition is meant to be stripped back forty k compared to ninth yeah. edition. And I'm just going to call absolute bullshit on that. You know, if you want to strip back 40k, go back to third edition, you know, and that horrified <laughs> yeah, right. time. Third edition, man, how fucking simple was that? That was how fucking genius. I just couldn't charge. Like, those, no, those genius, everyone was movement six. And as a tyranny player, I was, I, I, I felt, I felt, I felt grossly harmed. And, Mate, it put me over know. as an Eldar player. You imagine, right? You've got an Eldar avatar that used to be weapon <laughs> skill. Now he's weapon skill five. Fuck yeah. off. You can get uh, it was good days then, but it's it's funny because also like I'm looking forward to playing. Um, I didn't get around to having my game today because of other things, but um, I'm looking forward to playing um, uh, Legions Imperialis because I did a I I've okay. compared that to second edition Epic Space Marine. It's, it's the same, the same rules, rules, but they but do you exactly. know they, yeah. The only thing is that's different is you've got more you've got more variety in the weapon special rules so you've then got a differentiation between a bolt gun and a heavy bolter and then you've got a differentiation between that and say a las cannon and a differentiation differentiation between a las cannon and like a you know a fucking volcano cannon i wonder again i could literally just grab the rules right now and tell you if there is that in the old second edition balance uh there wasn't. There wasn't. So a bolt, a bolter, a bolt, a, a, a troop, a, a standard marines with a bolt gun could still damage a tank no matter what scale. Yeah. Whereas now they count as what's called a, a light weapon. So okay, its AP okay. value, its AP value disappears the moment you start shooting bane blades, and the moment you start shooting titans. Well, fuck you. It's a titan. Like, what the fuck are you doing with a bolt gun? Yeah, fuck yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that. That's interesting because of like how they've added thing they've added nuance, but it's still the same game versus like where th- where tenth has gone. I'm glad you've played it. I I, I want to play it, but I want to play a combat patrol to work out the flavor of what it should be. Well, here's the thing, right? Is the first unexpected. In fact, there's there's been a number of unexpected things. So so in fact, let me just check myself and be <laughs> fair to tenth edition forty k. Yeah. Right? There is lots of things that are very alien and very new to me and are not within my practiced set of protocols with which to judge this game fluently, if that okay. makes sense. I'm not fluent in playing this method Style of, of game. Yeah. Every other method of 40k, 10 editions of, all pretty much work the same, so I'm fluid with them. I only needed a couple of little updates and I'm all cool. This one turns everything upside down. So I'm not fluent in it. So I'm trying to judge this game from a place of frustration immediately. Mm. All right? That's about me, maybe not the game. I mean, no, no, it's about the fucking game. They changed the fucking game. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
So, so, but here's, here's the first thing, right? I'm looking for a codex. I'm looking for points values. I'm looking for army lists. I'm looking for that. Can't find any of it, right? It doesn't say in the rule book all your army lists and points values will be on the website. I didn't see that in the rule book. No one mm. told me. You better tell me that. And I'm like, I can't even write a fucking army list, right? And this has become an absolute swear fest of moaning this time. it always is we don't bleep anything on this show right. so, so, so i can't find my army list next thing i'm looking at my army list i'm going hang on a minute i've got two thousand points of harlequins here how all of a sudden is my two thousand points worth of harlequins 750 points and i'm like going i don't now i don't have any gauge as to how good anything is because yeah, all, yeah. you know all the point do you know what i mean all, all the point systems are out. i'm thinking I'm thinking me and my opponent are turning up to play a small game, a 750-point game. Small game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Small practice game. Fucking ain't. It ain't. It's, that was nearly like 1,500 points for, for um, maybe 8th uh, ed. No, 7th, sure. 8th uh, ed, whatever. Time I actually did the Marlequins. And I was, I was like, man, like everything is upside down. Everything was convoluted. Everything required figuring out. And yeah, it, it, yeah, it was just hard. I can't remember. I've, I've gone back to moaning about 10th edition. I can't remember. We, we, we actually... Uh, we were we talking about... Up, I, don't know, I think it's just about like... I think what's interesting, it's about like the language of how games are written. And if and it's, uh, it's interesting about the differences. Because like, it's it's really... It's really it's really interesting. Like, because I play... I run a Necromunda campaign and everyone's cool with that. And Necromunda is what Necromunda pretty much has always been, even back when it first came out. Just, again, there's some refinements with the turn system, but it's a big role-play game. You don't care, because like, every, everything is an exception. But yeah. even then, all the weapons generally, you know, you're obeying the same kind of stat line, and you get how things work. And it, it just kind of, it feels like it's quite easy to understand. I think, I think the thing is, it's like, even though you've got different gang books in Necromunda, you still know what you still know kind of how things work. But I think yeah, armies yeah. in 40k is like, if I want to play a game, I don't just need to know my codex. I need to know your codex. And I need to know his codex. And I need to know his codex to know how the fuck anything's going to work. And that's a problem. That's like in Magic the Gathering. We go, well, I've, built, I've built my deck, but I need to know what your deck is, potentially. Yeah. And all the cards that I see appear in there. And it's like, that's not kind of how I want to play a game. Like, and... I don't know maybe it's like this pushes again towards the whole thing of like digital rule books because I'm thinking of like again I'm I'm gearing up as I'm painting everything for War Machine Fourth Edition and it's like Fourth Edition War Machine the same as first it's still the same mechanics they've just they've just streamlined a few bits like they've got rid of template weapons working in the same way um, and so forth and I'm just yeah. like and it's all on an app if I want to build an army and compare things it's all on an app it's like uh, it's just uh, painful. Whereas comparatively, with new systems, Warcry, I ran a demo game. Um, actually, I've run two demo games in the last two weeks, previous two weeks. Last week, I ran an right. intro to Necromunda, and the guys had bought Hive War. They had played it a bit, but they, they, they didn't kind of get some of the nuances in the turn system and everything. Played through that demo. They were like, Oh, we get this. This is great. This the whole tactics of of how Necromunda works is brilliant for the turn sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with the intro to Warcry, you could just see it in the guy's eyes after like the second turn. He was like, "I get this. I get the 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 action economy. 
of Warcry, and I get the cards. The cards are so so neat. In- Intuitive to the point. I've never played Warcry, so I don't know, but I have only heard good things about it. It's fucking awesome. You you will seriously fucking love it. I promise you, you will love it. I like the sound of that. I like the sentiment. Good. It's weird that then, isn't it? Like, you know, you said before, like, or something along the lines of understanding the language. Like, I tell you what, new rule books. And I, I just grabbed a copy of what I thought was the new Leviathan rule book, but actually was the uh, latest Age of Sigma rule book. Just to read how they word things now. And I tell you what, right? It it's like this guy has been eating alphabetic spaghetti because there's too many words coming out for what is a simple like rule. And I, I, when I was it, it's like someone is deliberately trying to confuse you with words on his doom head. And like instead of saying, if you roll a six to wound, the model is dead outright. Instead it's when you roll your dice and if a six is rolled, a critical hit is scored. And a critical hit is this thing that really happens really badly to the opponent when he gets hit with a really powerful attack and he's dead. Oh. Now, when you, have, you have this over like explanation as if to try and tighten as if to try and tighten the rules up so much so it's not interpretable. Oh, I know. Everyone. Hold on. I haven't thought and about it, this. It, Maybe it, I need to Maybe I need to sit down and read the Tenth of Dead 40k book again, right? For these read, things. Right. Read the critical damage rule. I must have read that 20 times with my opponent today to figure out what the fuck it meant. Do you think and do you, you know think what it means? The, it, go on. Well, no, you say what it means, right? No, it means let me get it. Let me get it. <laughs> Listeners, you're listening to Realm of Fire, and we are giving you a fully in-depth critical analysis of the language of war games. Here is Tommy well, Sewell with his, his, his re- recitation of uh, the Warhammer 40,000 10th edition rulebook, and he'll be reading critical hits. Right, or, or something like, <laughs> let, me, let me find it. You see, the other weird thing is, right, the core rules, the core rules start on, like, page fucking 100 and summit. And then you turn the page, you're on page one all of a sudden. Oh, no, they've, I understand the reasoning for that. that yeah, makes but sense. It's fucking dumb. It does make sense. It means the rules have a page reference that's, that's uh, consistent to itself and doesn't reference the fluff, but the, the fluffy bits of the rule book. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So that makes uh, sense, but still, like. See, now no one told me that when I picked up my rule book and started flicking through it. And I'm going, I'm going where's. I couldn't find anything because the contents don't tell you either, by the way, in the uh, Leviathan book. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Right, what am I doing here now? I'm trying you see, to I really for... care about rule books because, you know, I've, I've, yeah, you write for different role play games and, and how you word things and, and stuff. And you kind of want to be to the point. Um, and again, different role play games have different kind of languages. Um, yeah, yeah. Right, here we go. Devastating wound weapons. Uh, here we go. Okay. Weapons with devastating wounds in their profile are known as devastating wound weapons. Each time an attack is made with such a weapon, a critical wound inflicts a number of mortal wounds on the target equal to the damage characteristic of that weapon and the attack sequence ends. What the fuck have I just said? Right, okay, so I I think (laughs) I know what you've said. I think I know what you've said. Basically, you've said when a weapon with that... that, when a weapon with the devastating wounds trait rolls a yeah. six to hit, well, it doesn't it specify yet. Yeah. Is specify. it a critical wound? No, no, it's a six. Rolls a six to wound. It <laughs> deals 
a number of wounds equal to its devastating wounds trait value. Is that right? Let, let me read the example they give. Okay. I don't know if it's me being dumb, but no, no, no. I, 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 I think what you're, I think what you're running up against is what I have as a critique about some operating systems on phones. Yeah, because okay. I'm a right, programmer. I'm a computer Listen. programmer, and I think about rules writing, like how you use software. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's rules. But go on. So, in fact, that might be why you have jumped to the understanding of what I've just said quicker than I am, because I'm a layperson. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not a rules writer, a rules analyzer, a rules enthusiast. You might call me a dumbass for rules, right? But I do have 35 years of experience with this professionally. So it should uh, yeah. just make sense to me. Now, if it was any other edition of 40K, I'm sure it would just make sense. Because this rule would go like this. If you roll a six to wound, that guy gets X amount of wounds. Yeah, and that's well, all it needs. That's all it needs. That's all it fucking needs. <laughs> that's all it needs. Don't and do you know why? Do you know why? Don't say right. What they've done, and this is, I, I kind of get what they're trying to do, but well, also it makes it, it makes it impenetrable because how many, how many keywords do you want to have in a rule when you read it, right? Because this says, if it's, this is a devastating wounds weapon, so when it does devastating wounds, it do, and, you roll, and you roll a critical hit, it then does X number of mortal wounds, and we know mortal wounds are like they're wounds that you can't save, aren't they? I, I, if so I'm honest, he, still don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's that, that so the point. In, that can start to blank. But the me point out. is, each one of those things has its own thing you have to understand, separate to the rule you're reading in in that moment. Yeah, and algorithm. sometimes all you want to do is go, "I've hit you with He's a devastating dead. weapon." What does that mean? It goes, "If you roll six to wound, it deals it deals x number of wounds that can't be saved." Perfect. It is that simple. If you um, but you have yeah. to you have to unravel and unpack it. Yeah, and it's let me like read it in again. the moment. Yeah, go on. Let me read it again, but with the explanation they have as well. All right? <laughs> weapons with devastating wounds in their profile are known as devastating wound weapons. Each time an attack is made with such a weapon, a critical wound inflicts a number of mortal wounds on the target equal to the damage characteristic of that weapon, and the attack sequence ends. For example. An attack made with a devastating wound weapon with a damage characteristic of two of two scores a critical wound. Instead of allocating the attack and making saving throws normally, the target suffers two mortal wounds. Now, that sounds like it should make sense, but it fucking it's doesn't literally, really. It just literally means you take two wounds, no saves, done. You yeah, rolled a correct. six to wound. Correct. Take two, it's modern, take right. two wounds, no and it's funny. It's funny you say this because guess what? If you look at the Necromunda rule book, right? In say it was um oh, I'm trying to think of the example. Um bear with me, bear with me. Uh is it uh, I think it's seismic it's a seismic weapon, right? So it's like what Gene Slicot got with their uh, sonic cannon or enforcers with their concussion um carbines, right? The language of how they explain how that weapon works is if you roll a six to wound, you don't get armor saves. 
That's it. It literally effect. says, and it talks to you in the language of the of of what you are using, which is dice, and dice have numbers on them. So you have a direct connection between what's in your fucking hand <laughs> and the rules. And there's too many layers between <laughs> between it. And this is what I mean about um, phones, because like you know, when the iPhone, like what was it, the fucking iPhone three, right? I had at the time an Android phone, and my partner Sam had an iPhone 3. And it fucking annoyed me about with the iPhone. It's like, to get to a particular thing, a setting to like, I don't know, turn on the fucking Bluetooth. I was like, you had to click into this thing and then you had to click this thing and then click this and then it was like, you had to do two or more clicks more than you would do on Android. Yeah. And it's that efficiency of the operating system. And that's to me what 40K is suffering from. There's too many clicks to get to the full explanation of what is ultimately a very simple rule, which is you roll six to wound, they ain't got no fucking armor save. Bye bye. Like that's it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's our deep well, cut today. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I said it before. I want to say it again. Whether whether the people designing it do this deliberately or not, I I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, is People are just making different rules, not better rules. And it's as simple as that, you know. And then on top of that, there's there's so much emphasis. And and, and but as an artist, because I think I'm an artist first, more than anything. As an artist, I think there's too many um, brains in Games Workshop, whether it be in the stores or in the head office. And those brains are, are number-based. They're ratio-based, number-based, chance-based, they're mathematically-based. And in that, the, the, there's no finesse, mm. you know? So, like, there's, there's, let's say, for example, because both me and you worked in retail, you, you take somebody who follows rules and you, 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 you get them to run a sales conversation and they'll be algorithmic in how they talk to a customer. They'll say, hello there. They'll say, what are you working on today? Oh, yeah. And they'll Tick go through those 10 yeah. commands. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll go through that sales spiel and it alienates people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It fucking alienates people. Yeah, you take an artist and say, right, you've got to get these points into this con- conversation in a way that doesn't alienate a person. An artist will be able to do that. He'll, he'll, he'll lean, he'll, he'll, he'll talk about the person's day, he'll make them feel welcome, he'll do this. And, do you know what I mean? Blah, 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 mm. blah, blah. And then the success comes out of the rapport established with that person instead of have I, have I algorithmically ticked all the boxes of the questions yeah. I have to ask this, this customer instead of a human being. And then what you have is you, you have this idea that, or in order, so you have this idea that as a hobbyist, in order to win games, you need to be mathematically minded, blah, blah, blah. Everyone wants to win. Nobody wants to just have fun. That, that's so that's not everyone's experience. I understand that that's been a lot of my experiences. But you will have these people who become very algorithm, algorithmically and mathematically minded, then move up and through the yeah. uh, in the command to head office. And, and that kind of that melting pot is of that type of language, is, is of that type of behavior. And it's not about that. And, and, it's not about that passionate. I've got, I've got some ideas. Second and third. Ed. I've got some ideas because, like, in my current role and stuff, I've done like obviously I've taught programming as well, and so there's things like I think there's a there, 
depending on who you ask, I, there's to me there's a zen of writing computer programs, right? That because yeah. first of all, a computer program should do what it's doing. Like that, if it can't fucking do what you want it to do, then it's failed. The next thing is is actually really about the efficiency of how it does that. So you know, you want the code to run fast and it doesn't repeat itself and and stuff. Like, do you really need to do that twice when you could have like, well, you already know this, so do you need to do it again? You can recall it. And then here's the other thing, which is I think really important is like when you write the code, there's there's a there's a there's a fine balance, and this occurs in in what I've been doing at times, and when you work with other people, is you're trying to make the code sustainable so that when other people pick it up, they know what they know how it works. They can look at it and they can feel just by looking at it. And that's what I mean, a feel. Yeah, but- like if you play, I feel I have a feel for how Warcry works. I have a feel for how 40k third edition works, and and epic space ring and everything i don't have a feel for how new 40k 10th works and the reason i say that is because because sometimes in computer programming you could write something as you could write go you see that block of code we could write that in a single line but because you've done it in a single line to the lay person or just sitting there who hasn't looked at it much before it's quite a lot to unpack you know you've got to go what's that referencing what's that referencing what's that doing and sometimes if you just take a step back and you actually write it as the five lines of code it was before, yeah, it takes up a bit more space. Yeah, it doesn't have fancy functions. Yeah, it doesn't have fancy fucking, all the fancy things you can do to make the code compact. But you know what it is? It's fucking readable and you immediately have a feel for what it's doing. And that's the same thing with that rule you just read. You you read the one, you go, I have no fucking, I need to understand this, 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 and this all separately. But, if you yeah. unpack it and you write it in a, in the in the verbose way, without the fancy fucking functions in there, it's a six. It's a fucking six to wound, and it does yeah. that many wounds with no save. Just unpack it and write it, and then you could put under it and you know reminder a six, a critical wound does x number of wounds unsaved brackets mortal wounds, and that way it's a bit like how you write your painting your painting tutorials. The moment you have that those keywords referenced next to what it actually means constantly builds the muscle memory. So when you don't have the space to write those rules like that, you've built that into people's understanding. But that's just that's just my view on how you write rules. I think you should sometimes be more explicit. So later you've trained the people on how to read your stuff so that you can then be more compact. Like in an article in White Dwarf. Because do you really need to say it's a six wound? You just go, it's critical wound, does X number of mortal wounds. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you go back to your rule book, it's a bit more unpacked. Can't wait to see you get to the last two pages of my book, you know. Have <laughs> we just said that? I mean, just said that. Fucking there's, hell. There's, there's a couple of surprises. There's a couple of surprises that I, uh, if, if you had it there, I'd go through it with you. Uh, but if you've not got it, there, I'm going to let you. I'll keep it. I'm going to keep it as a, uh, for next time. I'm going to. We're going to wrap up quite in a bit. Okay, we're going to do yeah. some other fun hobby stuff, kind of quick fire. So, you've been playing some of Dexter Titanicus. You're going to play one some epic. Game, I played two games. One you find fucking it? huge game that took like four million hours. It was laborious, man. The detail in that game is... <laughs> um, so we played a half-size game, which was still yeah. uh, laborious. It was one of each Titan, basically. One yeah, of each still chunky. Um, yeah, it actually still takes quite a bit of time. And I find it strange that it's a, it's a game of only four turns. Yeah. Mm, might need more, I would say. In some instances, uh, I think it's. I think it's good because it's. I think it's. 
you see this with a lot with um I feel with uh specialist games they when they write stuff they're very like objective victory you know like it's a tight game where the objective is not just to wipe out your opponent's army there's a there's an objective if you don't do that in four turns then you're just killing you just you just you know grinding your we time out killing, we were just killing each other so yeah, yeah. Oh. but how do you find how do you find it to Titanicus though? Does it have a feel of like their big laborious titans that are uh, slugging yeah. savage stages of shit out of each other? Yeah, because it's hard to ki- things die slowly. Yeah, things but there's meaningful slowly. fucking choices. Like, did All you right. have a moment where you're like, do I do I fire every fucking weapon at you? Or do I oh, vent mate. the plasma? Dude, big time, big time. Yeah, Shoot right. Is what I chose every time. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, like if your plasma was as low as as mine was, there was no way you were pulling it back. So it's like, right, I either need to lever Defend. the. Um, you need to take someone with you. Essentially, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Some, yeah. Someone's coming with me, you know. So I'm firing all my guns, you know. When you've got very low plasma and two volcano cannons to fire, you know, <laughs> it's no brainer. You yeah. shoot all your guns as far as I'm concerned. You know, I fucking love that game. It, I mean, I, I did enjoy it, and it is an interesting thing. Like, although I, I didn't have to look at a rule book and I didn't have to read any rules, I had somebody coaching me through the game, and hopefully they were coaching me accurately, and um, which I'm pretty sure they are because of that type yeah. of person. Um, the, you know, you talk about feel. The game feels appropriate. You know, yeah. I, I feel like I had to manage these engines to do a particular job. That job could have been going somewhere or twatting something, either yeah. up close or from a distance. I hit my objective, kind of, this is like a pun, a little bit, because I deliberately took um, Reaver with a power fist because I wanted to punch something. And it left me massively outgunned, but I didn't yeah. care because I got to punch something. And I levered this war round Titan in the head, and it went spinning round to <laughs> shoot all its weapons, to miss <laughs> all of my army, then to fall flat on its face and miss all my troops it was surrounded by. I was so nice. happy. Yeah, basically <laughs> pinned it into, into the grave. I was well happy. So nice. that, was, that was the highlight for me, you know. And then, um, are you gonna? I guess are you gonna touch Legions Imperialis for the for the same kind of feel? Um, I'm not in a rush. The price no. is fucking nuts. The cost yeah. of that is crazy. Um, but the game yesterday that I had of Adepticide Sanicus did kind of make me want to see little men and yes. little tank. And it did. Like I've got a bit of a project going where I, I've um, got a second Warlord Titan to paint. And I flagged yeah. on that a little bit. And I was a little part of me would have been excited if that was ignited again. So I yeah. could back on painting that Titan with enthusiasm and love because I won't I won't force myself to paint things anymore outside of enthusiasm and um, yeah. passion and, and and love for the hobby. I won't do it as a responsibility. I won't do it to a deadline. I won't do it for any amount of guilt or duty or or professionalism or anything like that. I paint because I want to paint and that is it. Yeah. And that now and this thing's been sat on my desk and I've not been painting it because I've not wanted to paint it. So maybe Legions Imperialis would have been the ignition behind that, but um, so far, when when the game finally dropped, I just 
wasn't that excited. It's yeah, I, it's, it's a bit of. I think yeah. there's a there's a bit of fear of missing out, but there's also a, there's also just sheer exhaustion with like releases from everyone. It's like there's so much coming out all the time. It's like yeah, like boys, boys, boys. <laughs> like you know, I've only got so much to go around. Needed. Yeah, I've got so so like I don't need to buy another model ever again. You know, yeah, when right. I think about what me how big my collection is, and you think about the um Age of Sigma project I said I was working on earlier on. You yeah. know, I've got one of every model for the night odds. I've painted half of them, I want to paint the rest. I've got Cursed City to, to yeah. paint, which is part of that same narrative. I've got the Cities of Sigma army box to paint, which is part of that narrative, and the Soul Blight Grave Lords army to paint, which is part of that narrative. There's just one project. Do you see yeah. what I mean? That's one project plus scenery plus playing yeah. games. That doesn't include me fantasy ideas that I want to do. I want to do, I want to do a second. Uh, it's not second. Sorry, fourth, fourth edition Empire and High Elf Army. Maybe some orcs. I've got, I've got, I've got all the Empire stuff pretty much I need. I don't have the Iron Elf stuff. I want to do a seventh, sixth, seventh fed Empire Army as well. Um, You've I've just... got all the stuff to do that. You just remind me of the other army that I would do for Old World. Finally, it's obvious. <laughs> it's um, is it a is it Ostermark army? So all right, yeah, black, black and excuse me, black and yellow, black and white, black and yeah, yellow. Yeah, are they based in at that point? Because it would still be there. Mordheim hasn't yet been hit by a comet, so I would do the Mordheim. Oh, you know, I don't know. It was it's the year sixteen sixty. Oh no, it would be. Yeah, it would yeah, be. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I, I'm wrong because it's it's pre Magnus the Pious, but it's post Mordheim being hit because it's about two hundred and. 2200 yeah, yeah. and something, and Mordheim was 1999, of course. So, no, I thought, oh, yeah, Army is still kind of cool. Um, interesting. Um, and then, Red what's Bull your head like, head. what's your like hobby kind of like things you're excited for the year then? Like, coming up, you got any fun plans? So, Salute is coming up, which oh, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. So I'm helping, I'm actually a little. This year we salute. I decided I would help them a little bit because I think salute as a painting um, competition is not run at its best. And yeah. while I've been a judge for the last few years, um, that doesn't mean I have any kind of sway in any way as to how any of that works. And this year I decided to open my mouth and tell them things cool. don't look good. Um, and here is why. And they decided to say, we will listen and do. So cool. I'm actually kind of looking forward to a new salute. And you guys actually are the, the first people to hear that. I've been keeping that under wraps. Um, so there's some cool bits. I think there's cool bits. I, I've tried to do what I think is the right thing to do to anyone who enters the salute painting competition. Wicked. It, it's as simple as that. It, it's not necessarily what's right for the organizers it's not about what's right for the judges although i want as many boxes ticked and smiles on faces as possible you know it, it it's about is the salute painting competition a wonderful experience yeah okay yeah i think what you mean you're trying to like raise its kind of profile and feel and satisfaction yeah for for everyone though because yeah because i think there's something wrong in the painting community and and it's a very snooty kind of thing that's wrong oh, and I, right. I'd, I'd like i'd like to 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 address that yet at the same time 
bring in a sense and demand for quality all around, quality yeah. judges, quality miniature handling, and attract quality painters to what should be a quality national, maybe even international painting competition. Mm. It's cool. simple as that. And, and everybody should have fun during that process. And, you know, because of my years of teaching, I have a very particular way of dealing with judging now at first i didn't i was a shit judge the first year <laughs> it, 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 I, it was it was shit it was as simple as that like richie gray asked me for feedback and if i'm honest i i, I fumbled everything i said to him you know and that just shouldn't be the case because as you know from reading my book i can quantify what it is i'm talking about so like last year i decided to run an experiment and what i did was i decided to take all my paints and my painting station down and a few models and anyone that wants feedback from me the way i give the feedback is i do it demonstrably i don't just nice. tell you what i think about your model i won't just tell you what i think about your model i won't just tell you what i think about you you technique blending i won't tell you how i think you should improve i'm literally going to show you i'm going to put my money where my mouth is with every single person i give feedback to yeah and i'm going to teach that person in the moment to be better for next year it's as yeah. simple as that and no one on the planet does that so that's really that interesting i think it's the right thing to do yeah so you know and, and salu don't ask me to do that i did that off my own back and with the next series of judges and hopefully they will follow suit no one has to no one has to but i think it's a very good idea that if you're going to offer an opinion on something you can at least back it up with actions yeah so that that's that's how i'll that's one example so that's i cool. don't know if i've said too much but there you go so yes yeah, salute is coming up um then there's golden demon after that which i have nothing to do with other than being a guest and i just hope it's in manchester again and if it is yeah. brilliant I didn't make it last year due to stuff. Mate, so it was, I... it was shit. <laughs> There's not a video out there saying it, and you can see it all behind their eyes, in my opinion. If I was to read people, micro expressions and all that, everyone is thinking that was shit, but they try to be nice about it. And mm. it was shit. I'm just going to say it. it was shit. The best thing about it was the Golden Demon stand. And do you know who made it the best? The people who attended. Yeah. Simple as that. It's simple as that. It was 45 quid's worth of three days' worth of shit, and the only exciting thing was the Golden Demon stand. You see, my nephew, who at the time was like about, I don't know, like six or so, had a fun time there. But that's okay. because, that's because I think there's a lot of, from what I understand, there was a lot of things there, which if you were kind of quite a new hobbyist and other things, It'd be like, wow, cool. But like, you know, there wasn't it seemed like quite from what I saw, like quite empty halls as well. Like Yeah, it was an empty hall. Yeah. So you had you had two cabinets worth of painted miniatures. Yeah. You, you, okay. you imagine a, you imagine a large cabinet from Games Workshop Manchester store. So it, it, it it's what, a meter wide by half a meter deep by yeah. just six foot tall, let's say. So you had that's that's all there was of painted miniatures. That were heavy metal. Wow, that's that's gonna wow. Demo tables. I think there was six demo tables for the new forty k. You know what? It, it sounds disappointing because I remember the apocalypse. Was it apocalypse event that we did in Manchester? Yeah, mate. What what the tank battle? Yeah, and what an experience. 
trying to get fucking Helm Steep up those <laughs> up the escalator. Right. That was right. effort. But yeah, there was there, we, there were tons of participation games, and the thing I keep wondering, and, and this is me totally speaking as a freelancer, is at big events like that, why aren't there like demo tables of the role play games going on? Because it's enough way to experience the IP. But you know, it's not selling; it doesn't sell toy soldiers. It's like, but you can use the toy soldiers in the role play game, can't you? It's like, ah, uh, you know, yeah, it's frustrating. Knowing knowing how good. A, an old games day can be yeah and knowing that all those people that know how to make that happen exist yeah i don't understand why that isn't happening yeah in this day and age yeah oh in any because yeah because games workshop not oh there's staff at games workshop that are wonderful and know how to do it so so why why wasn't it there you know, so any other thing you had to do, right? And I, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not, I don't really want to exaggerate or over-exaggerate or exaggerate anything I, I'm about to say. I want to just say, here's what there was to do in the main hall. Look at the Golden Demon stand. Opposite the Golden Demon stand, which was about 50 feet away, is the opposite side of the hall. That's a, 50 feet might even be too small. Yeah, It might be about 50 meters away. That's how much space there was in between. So at, at whatever size it was, right? Was the, the G-Max, it's massive. The yeah. Paint in it. yeah, the G-Max, it's pretty fucking big, right? It, the, it was the paint, the, the painting area, which yeah. you had to book and pay for. So if you turned <laughs> up with nothing to do, open to be involved in something, you, you weren't involved in that, and you had to queue for a couple of hours for that. Okay, back next to the Golden Demon stand is the shop. The shop yeah. had a two-hour queue and a two-hour wait. Fact. <laughs> like, people just walked out with stock. They walked home with stock. They just... Because the queue was two hours. I mean, how long is a two-hour queue? All right? It's a long queue. You're not in the shop in the queue. You've got arms full, you know. So then behind the... the Going deeper into the GMX, behind that was all the tournament games. Yeah. And that was half of the hall. So half the hall was tournament games. So no one wants to look at that. Mm. Not in the tournament, all right. Yeah. So moving over to the right, the opposite side, there was a giant, uh, there was a Titan game. Yeah. Yeah. 40k scale Titan game. What with which none of the public could be involved other than to watch. That's pretty boring. Mm. Yeah. Right? Um, then there was the 40k uh, tables next to the store. Six of them, the two cabinets as well, two of them. Um, there was a sandwich stand. And then there was a stand next to a guy in a Necron suit and some yeah. computer game, some computer game demo stand. Yeah. And then there was put a plushy squig in a catapult and shoot it through a yeah. netball hoop. And that's that's it. I might have missed one or two things, but I'm not kidding you. That was it. That was Madness. it. And it's funny because I know I know on the paint phase they said it. Um, they said like if you wanted to get a demo tenth edition forty k, you had like whatever like a two hour queue at Warhammer Fest to do it. You probably wouldn't even get a demo. You'd have got an intro game, which would have been right. You would literally like two months later at UK Games Expo, you could just sit down and literally play the same stuff there because there were no queues for anything for for Warhammer stuff out there. 
setup. I didn't see any of the demo games there because where I was at UK Games Expo was right opposite G Dub stand, wasn't it? Oh, there were there were tables for playing Tenth Edition. There were like zero queues to to get on it. You could try yeah. all the new stuff. It's madness. It's such a, it's so weird. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, we will. <laughs> Excuse so, me. are there any other events? I mean, I guess you could you'll do UK Games Expo again because that I hope, I I hope so. I, I only went because Warlord wanted me to yeah to, to to go and work with them. Um, maybe they'll ask again. Maybe they won't. That'd be kind of cool. You know, if it's could. up to them. You know, yeah. I went I went because they asked me, and I am nice like that. You know, and they supported me while doing it, so they were nice yeah. like that. You know, um, outside of that. Do I want to pay to go to that event as a customer? I don't know. I'm not thinking I'm not I'm that excited. I like I like doing things as opposed to yeah, watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, ah. I, I, I've got uh, that might be an interesting. That might be some interesting things. I've got I've got plans because there's there's uh I've got to submit. I might submit a panel or uh event at UK Games. I suppose so in the um. Watch call it hall. So um there could be something like that. I have to think about that stuff. Um I've got coming up is uh we've got Lead and Steel in Sheffield, which is an old hammer event. So really? um it- Gary Morley is gonna be there doing some sculpting. I'm running some Wrath and Glory demos with Give minis. Me I like the sound of that. Give me a reminder uh, for that. I will link you that one. Boil as well this year. Let's go and do Sorry? some boil. You know boil. Uh, no. Is it called boil? Let me just uh and then there's also, have... I saw here. There's also um, uh, uh, Chilcon is coming up in Derby. Yeah, bring out your lead. Bring out your lead. It's called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot what the acronym was. So there's there's Chilcon in Sheffield, and there's also Chilcon in Derby. So there's two Chilcon events, and again, really? I missed out on that last year. Um, and they're quite small events, but quite apparently quite good. So. I'm gonna try and do some stuff at one of them, and I'm generally not familiar with all the cons that there is around. This, yeah, exactly. That it's traveling. There's well, it costs traveling around as well, doesn't it? So yeah, you know. I mean, if it's fun, then it's fun, isn't it? Then travel don't matter to me. But I think I'm not. I'm just not an industry guy as much anymore. I don't really pay yeah. attention. When somebody involves me with something, and I don't really know or care. I you know, think we can. Fun. I think we could sort some stuff out. I think I feel like I feel I feel like there could be some energy for it. Some painting, some gaming, some chatting. Because I'm not an expert. Because I can paint stuff, but I'm not an. But I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not an expert painter. But I think I think that's the thing. You need to have that balance of of like different disciplines. Have really good conversations about the hobby. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. I mean, it's like. When, when it comes to me and events and being an industry guy or what I used to be an industry guy or blah, blah, blah. It's like now, it, it's like with me painting before, if if the passion is aroused in me, yeah, then I'm probably going to do it. And if it's not, then I don't care. Like, yeah. And I think, you know, if, if I know a convention is being run somewhere and all I know is its name. It doesn't tell you much, like, yeah. Like, like, I don't, I don't care. Like, they're all, they're all the same. I've been to a billion of them. You know, they're all, they're all the fucking same. You know, same people doing same things, same conversations. But when you tell me it's an old Hammer one, all of a sudden, and Gary Marley's going to be there, 
now the flavors change it's probably not going to be the same people doing the same things in the same way because it's got a theme all of a sudden you know and one of one well, i'm passionate about i hope i mean that's that's why i offered to run a wrath and glory demo with miniatures because i thought how do i get people into this it's like you know it's not just a role play game it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be something fun to look at while also getting a flavor for it and that's the thing like when we whenever we've done demo games and big events at like games day you know you'd be like the kids rock up to like the fucking lisbon temple board it's like they've immediately got to get hooked into what it is without needing to understand too much and it's like that's what you want at events so i'm kind of excited for the year going forward hey so I, I was digging on 40k temp again. I said that's what you want out of the rule set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's wrap up because it's it's now late. Um, and but yeah, it's good chatting because like I think I really wanted to go across to people that listen to this. Like your fucking painting book is is the fucking dog's bollocks. It's like awesome. Oh, thank you. Uh, I wanted thank them you. to understand a bit about like who you are and your kind of like philosophy because I feel like to to the hobby because it does come through that book and I think it also also is like um, reflected in in like what you enjoy about the games like it's it's the story and everything and that's what the minis let you do yeah oh thank you it means a lot to hear that because i actually have been pretty self-critical about that book because it, it's it's far from perfect and maybe in some instances i've used some funky language of my own that maybe was over overly <laughs> wordy and that's what i think myself but people like you have come back and said it's fucking brilliant and that it's... means a lot to me you know that, that calms my neurosis a little bit but you know also reminds me that the reasons i wrote the book were the right reasons because yeah. the book isn't about me it's there it's there for you the person yeah. who wants to learn how to paint I, and I th- all yeah that. i think there's i think plenty of people listening to this who paint who already paint quite well <laughs> will be like it will finally it may you know put into words what they already do and be, and then they'll understand what they do already better to become and a better painter. Yeah. yeah. So people should look for that. They can get that from Warlord Games, can't they? Um Element. Element there's, anywhere. In fact, if you go on my Instagram, there's a link yeah. to Element um there. And the the reason I'm doing giving the Instagram link is that's actually affiliate link and it gives me a little bit of a kickback on top of the oh, royalties. Of you know, that. But, but the other thing is, is Element are selling it cheaper than Warlord, even though Warlord are the distributors. Yeah, um, well. so I would rather more copies got sold at less money made. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, is, no, I know that. I know how that problem. feeling. Um, you know, yeah. Um, other cool stuff is, I think the Wrath and Glory RPG starter sets are shipping, so I'm getting a copy sent to me. So I will do an unboxing of that. Um, the Eldari character book is out for Wrath and Glory, so you can now play games of Wrath and Glory RP 40k RPG. You can play now as Drakari, Harlequins, Corsairs, and I wrote the Corsair chapter. It was a lot of fun, um, <laughs> and other stuff. Uh, so that's a lot of fun, really? and. It was a good book. I really enjoyed writing about Eldari. The guys. It makes you like an official person, doesn't it? I've written on a lot of 40k books these days. Um, yeah, right. no, no, for Cubicle 7. Um, and then, um, like I said, there's going to be some events coming up soon, which I'm prepping for. So hopefully, yeah, we'll figure something out for Lead and Steel, mate. Um, like I'm in Sheffield. You can come over and drive cool. you around. Um, yeah, man. 
And uh, then we've got other episodes of the podcast coming up. Um, oh, I'm going to ask one last question before we wrap up because we had it on a previous episode. I'm going to ask you, what was your miniature of the year last year? My miniature of the year last yeah, year? Yeah, because GW did their stupid, did their silly survey of, of miniature of the year. What was like, kind of, what did you think was like, that was a good miniature? Uh, I can't remember what come out when. <laughs> the last three years have been a blur, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's Cities of Sigma. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Cities of Sigma. Easy peasy. Hands down. So the the, 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 ogre, the ogre. The ogre with the dude on top of the crow's nest. Um, uh, all of them. 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 Let's just... I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I like those miniatures as well. And do you know what they remind me of? They remind me of confrontation. Yeah, they've got a very confrontation vibe. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah, like a, cool. a, a not not Griffins. What was the city called? But whatever you want. Cadwallon. Alahan. Cadwallon. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Dude, well, that was a long chinwag. I'm sure we'll do another one at some point, maybe in person, when I've got uh, a microphone on you and we'll talk shit about 40k 10th edition again because uh, we're many old men um yeah well here's the thing maybe i'll get more practice at it or somebody will show it to me in a way that makes it more digestible for me and it's an amazing game i'm open oh yeah that's the thing we only whine about this because then it might actually open people's eyes to like maybe there's a different way of doing it um maybe. but yeah cheers for, cheers for taking the time for chatting i'm gonna let you go oh, i'm gonna go yes. And remember, if you, me on voice, so. <laughs> and remember if you like this podcast um then like and listen to everything else and if you hate us tell us that jesus jesus is waiting for us in hell because uh, that's what we've been told about these episodes and uh i love that kind of feedback it's free real I mean, estate jesus yeah he's he's all good man he's all good he's cool right and that is us done so goodbye for now